So for this week's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Kyle Waz, a former engineer turned realtor and now new investor. He truly does have a wonderful skill set mixed between engineering and real estate combined. This offers a very, very unique take on real estate in general and how he goes about dealing with clients and investments alike. I think that everybody who listens to this is going to take an immense amount of value from what he has to say and truly get to know who he is and how he became what he is today. All right, Kyle. Appreciate you coming on today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, obviously you're a realtor. That's why you're on here. And I kind of want to get an idea starting out. What, um, what about you being a realtor really drew you to the industry? Cause I'm going to start to get into like your background a little bit, but mm-hmm. I really want to know like, why, why become a realtor? Why did I choose to yeah. become a realtor? Um, uh, in my head, I knew that all the wealthy people had real estate. I knew that I needed to somewhat be involved in real estate in order to be successful because in my mind, I wasn't going to settle for less. Um, and I knew I wanted to buy into real estate. So naturally, you know, I started listening to the podcasts, watching YouTube videos, and um, I got my license. And, you know, eventually got into the investing side of things as well. But in general, I would say just the simple fact that most of the wealthy people in the world own real estate. Right. And I wanted to be able to expand. Okay. And so you, was the goal really to get into investing? It was that sort of like your end goal or was it always to be in the service part? Like, right, like, right the sales part. Um. It was definitely to be an investor. Okay. It, that was that was that was the first thing that would come to mind. I uh, didn't think I would be a salesperson in general. Um, yeah. Because it's completely unrelated to what I went to school for, you know. So, it was just a matter of, um, you know, once I started diving into the real estate world, I obviously learned the transaction side of things because you kind of see how deals go through the whole process, and it was just kind of easy to go into the sales part as well as, you know, learn the investor side of things as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I saw you were an engineer before this. Mm-hmm. So you went to college for engineering. Yep. What kind? Mechanical. Mechanical. Yeah. So how long were you working in engineering in that field? Um, so I was working as an engineer for probably about two, two and a half years. Yep. Um, and when I started working in the field, it was more so like quality engineering. Um, I did some electrical work and then I did some like design work with uh, SolidWorks and stuff ar- ar- along those lines. Um, so it was about two and a half years I did that. And the real estate thing was kind of in parallel with that. And okay. So you always kind of had that idea going into engineering in the beginning too. Oh, yeah. So this like this whole engineering uh whatever you want to call it uh turning my wheels in the and in the real estate world right yeah it started probably like back in high school when i was like 18 or 19 that's that's when i first started listening to bigger pockets i was watching a great youtuber uh meet kevin i don't know if you've heard of him he is familiar yeah he's so knowledgeable that it's just like it's crazy that his stuff is free he, and I was I was so dedicated to watching his stuff, listening to Bigger Pockets. 
um, that it's like all I was talking about was like how one day I was going to do this. And that was, so that, that was right as I was going into college, right? I was, my interest was already there. And then my freshman year of college is when I, you know, coughed up the money and just took the test, right? Yeah. Took the classes and then took the test. And when was this? You said that was, um, freshman year of college. Okay. Yep. So that was what? 2019. Yeah. Oh, so you had your license. You got your license. So I got, I got my license. Uh, actually, no, it was 2020. Okay. Yeah, 2020. And I got my license like the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. Okay. Um, but I I don't think that's adding up. Yeah, it is. That'd make, that makes sense. I think Yeah. we must have got ours at the same time then. You did it? Really? I think so. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got mine when I was 18, which would have put me I was born in 03 so maybe 21. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm January 3rd of 21. Mm-hmm. So I got it like end of 2020, early 21. Okay, yeah. So yeah. we're on the same lines. Okay. Yeah. And um at first it was difficult kind of navigating what I really wanted out of it. Yep. Um because I was still going to college at the time when I had passed the test and I was just all right. I went to the first brokerage and I stayed there. Basically, I didn't really interview people. I didn't really know the whole process. I didn't know a whole lot of people in it. Um, so I was just putting feelers out and um, eventually switched brokerages a couple times. But um, I started getting it like I'm like, OK, this I, I, get, I got the process down. And it's basically like lead gen is the biggest part of the yeah. whole business. Yep. Um and that's what, that's what I've really been honing in on now that I am, um, now that I'm fully part-time cause I was, or fully full-time, I should say. Yeah. Um, I was part-time for, for most of that time that I was licensed. Um, now that I'm full-time, I can really hone in on that lead gen and I've seen what it's brought me. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been a huge difference. No, no, that, I mean, when it comes to real estate, like in, in general, it's, all lead gen mm-hmm. like on the investor side of things you know what i mean you were, was your multi was that on or off market that was off market yeah so it, exactly just another form of lead gen and so i assume that like just just your time being an agent trying to generate those leads also helped you just learn how to generate leads for anything in real estate not necessarily mm-hmm. just hey do you want to buy or sell i'll represent you but hey i want to buy now i'm the buyer and you know, it's kind of the same sequence of events, but actually mastering that is, is a skill. Yeah, definitely. And, um, the, the transition from like being engineer to realtor, it, it was a lot smoother than I thought it would be. Um, cause like I, I had the, the systems in place. I, I knew the numbers. I, I knew how to make someone feel good about a purchase of a home. Yeah. Like I, I knew that and I was confident about that. So that, that's kind of like what I brought into it. And in, in general, it was just like, all right, I bring all the, all these skills from this career. And once I started actually closing deals, I was like, I really don't want to be doing this all the time and talking about the engineering side of things. Cause it was, it's time consuming. You're and it doesn't feel as good when you're working for someone else. Right. You know, I got into real estate because. I wanted more out of my life. I wanted more out of my, you know, career and I wanted to build something bigger. I wanted to build a legacy in a way because I mean, 
one of the biggest like motive motivators for me was just you know my family never had money mm-hmm. like it was always an issue ever since i was younger money was always the biggest issue and that is what pushes me what keeps me going because eventually i want to build a, a business you know right i want i want to have something that i can you know help support my family my younger brother and my sisters everyone that i possibly can right. in order to you know help them get a better life yeah and and so like you kind of yeah obviously brought the emotional side to mm-hmm. to your mo- motivation from your past which kind of helps sort of my next question was like your background and sort of your childhood and how that how that molded you because obviously be going from engineering to sales is vastly different yeah. but it's funny the way you post it makes it sound so alike it's right. the systems were in place the numbers the numbers hit it's it's funny just the way like obviously an engineer's brain works mm-hmm. as a realtor you took a different approach to it clearly it's worked yeah but so going back to your childhood and you know you don't have to share anything you don't want to but was that just in general i know you said fiscally it was a motivator for you mm-hmm. but the way you were brought up were you brought up in more of a, a salesy type environment or a very systemized environment um no not salesy at all uh i would say like my dad worked at the same job his whole life yep so he Ever since he was 18, he went to this job and it's been the same since. Yeah. And I see some of the things that he talks about with that and how, you know, he wishes he could do like something else sometimes. Um, and my mom, she's, it's, it's like, a, it's like a corporate family. Like nobody had the entrepreneurial mindset really. Right. Um, so I didn't have that already, you know, implanted. Yeah. I had to generate this motivation in me to do more than what the whole family has done right like like in a way um you know i'm I'm grateful that all the bullshit happened like i had to go through all this shit because i wouldn't who's to say i'd have this mindset right like who's to say i wouldn't want more or be you know pushing myself out of my comfort zone because when i was younger i wasn't a social kid really yeah like um Every time, every school I went to, I never lived in the school district. Really? We always lied about it because it was just a better school s- yeah. system. So my parents were looking out for me like, we want you to be in the better school. And, you know, it wasn't really until like, uh, I don't know, recently that I started becoming more like my own person. I was more social. I was more of an extrovert than an introvert. Yeah. Um, Because you got to balance that. Like they're... Some of the most successful people are introverts. Yeah. Yeah. Like Musk. Yeah. yeah. Guys like Musk who are just, you know, the the face of practically the technological advancement space. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the most quiet people you ever meet. He's forced and kind of like, like we are, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you'd be amazed at how many, how many guys and girls in real estate in the agency space specifically mm-hmm. are so quiet. Yeah. They don't want to, they don't want to be out there. They don't want to be boastful, but that's part of the job. Yeah. And so being able to like, that's what, what one of my videos was about is pivot and adapt. Like yeah. regardless of who you are and what your skill set is, the idea of having a goal and it takes, you know, maybe you're good at some portions mm-hmm. of that, that skill or whatever, but there's others that you aren't. And so being able to kind of just acquire those skills over time. Yeah. You got to work at it. It's like, like posting on social, like I never used to do that. I, it was out of my comfort zone, but now, like, 
once you post a couple here and there, and then it, it, it just keeps going, and yeah. it, it'll eventually snowball. And then, so recently I was looking at my Instagram, and I was, like, scrolling through my previous posts. I'm like, I mean, my voice in general got better. Yeah. You know, like, you start off, you're, like, quiet, you're a little, like, shy. Yep. And, like, you just get comfortable with it. You get comfortable behind the camera. And I think I've just gotten a lot comfortable with, you know, being social when I need to, going, like going to investor meetups. Yep. I never liked going to like big events like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, whoa, I get like social anxiety. Right. I, I don't want to be talking to everyone, but you know, you throw yourself in the pool and you sink or swim. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny too. Like those investor meetups, they sort of come across like, or they don't come across when you get there. But the idea behind them is those types of events are, are fake and transactional too. And mm-hmm. like, for me, that was one of the, I've always been semi-social, mm-hmm. but one of the things that kind of pushed me away from those events was just, I, I was under the impression that they were so transactional. Like I go there and none of the conversations are genuine. And it was more of an insecurity of mine Yeah. versus, you know, the fact that, yeah, the reality is that those, those are like transactional environments and that's okay. Sometimes and, it's good to hear on those transactions. Right. Well, that's know? what I mean. That's why when you when you kind of change your perspective and like you said, compartmentalize when to be social and when to not. Mm-hmm. When to also realize that here's a genuine conversation you have with somebody versus here's just one. You're going to go spark a conversation with this investor and see if you can do business down the road. Nothing more. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the biggest barriers, I think, for most people is really finding when to fit certain things into their place. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't just go for, you know, being social. It goes for really anything. Like at what point do I sit down and shut up? Right. Like even at the negotiating table, when do I sit back and shut my mouth? And when do I advance? Yeah. When you do I know what information to give and right, what not to. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that again, in and of itself is a skill. And that skill is, I think, acquired by going to these meetups. Mm-hmm. That's a, I, I think an example of something you can do that, and I say this every time to everybody completely changed the sequence of my investing career. Yeah. Like, like going there, I had no intentions of purchasing a property within the next three years. I mean, I wanted to, but my idea was like, there's no way. I mean, I'm 18, 19. Mm-hmm. I, I started going there two months later. I had one under contract. That's crazy. That's, Com- that's like the same sequence. Yeah. Oh, was it? So yeah, I start my very first investor meetup was December of last year, and I went under contract in February. Yeah, it's same thing. Yeah, I, two months, and you go because one of the things that these events, and not just for real estate too, like like mm-hmm. the events, any networking events within your own industry, what it really teaches you is that you're overthinking the entire thing. Oh yeah. You get analysis paralysis, yep. right? That's what I got. That that's literally yep. what it is because it's like. You like me and you both. We probably know how to analyze any kind of deal, really. Yep. And it it gets to the point where it's like, okay, what happens when that one does come across? Right. Right. I feel like when it when mine came across, I wasn't even expecting it. Same here. You know. Yep. And then I analyze it. I'm like, whoa, this is like too good. Yeah. And then you you start thinking about it, I'm like, all right. I mean, like like at first I was thinking like, who who do I know that's interested in this? And I'm like, oh wait. This is looking at it. Yeah. I'm like, I got the savings. I can, I can make these numbers work. Right. And you know, it it worked out, but it's like, it it almost like fell into my lap in a way. Yeah. Well, it was, it was funny because same, same idea with me. My mind was on the market for like 45 days when I got to take a look at it. Was that a flip? 
Yeah, it was a condo conversion flip. Okay, so yeah. I, yeah, yep. so I, I obviously flipped one unit and then I converted the two and sold, and sold them off separate. Um, but yeah, it was it was like on the market for 45 days. And I used to do this thing like when I was, when I was going to the meetings, I was hungry. And I still mm-hmm. am, but like I was kind of desperately hungry. So I would just wake up middle of the night like uh, like just the way my brain works is i would make wake up at like 3 a.m hop on my email half asleep and i just go through properties because sometimes agents would list them at midnight or one. Oh yeah so i i didn't want to miss those i wanted to be like the first one so i'd, I'd wake up like 3 a.m half asleep open my email and i saw six south half duplex and dairy built in 89 i'm like okay all right, I'm going to analyze this yeah. thing. And, you know, you're running through the numbers half asleep, so you're not really doing much. So whatever, I, 10 minutes, I favored it, go back to sleep, wake up the next day. And I was like convinced it was a dream. I was like, oh, <laughs> I saw this property. I should, I should check my email, make sure like, you know, it was definitely a dream. Nope, it was right there. And I'm like, I remember the numbers on this. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my dad. We, you know, scheduled a showing for it. I walked through, I was like, this one. We're, we're getting this one. I don't care how it happens. We're, we're buying it and under, under contract. And I think eight days from then it took a little bit because I, I wanted to go see it again. I wanted mm-hmm. to get some real numbers put together, um, and you know, lend, lending and funding in place, but it was sa- same idea. It's like it came across 3am. I was not expecting it. Yeah. Just going through my yeah. emails and that was the first project. And from there, and I'm sure you feel the same way now about multis, you could buy another one, no problem. No stress. I could. Yeah. Like maybe not financially at this point. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, enough. finances, they'll get there. Yes. Yeah. But but in terms of just like your apprehension to buying mm-hmm. a property, it's pro- the, the barrier is probably so much lower now. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, is I took a lot more than just, you know, buying and analyzing a property out of it because I renovated one of my units too. So mm-hmm. I... That was my first time being basically on a job site like right. that and project managing, making sure all the contractors were there when they yep. said they were. Uh, they weren't. <laughs> I mean, some days they, they were a little late, but they, they got it done. They, yeah. they were great. Um, and having to buy all the materials. Right. Like I'm like, am I buying the right stuff? There's a couple of times I had to return, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. and th- those days suck. Because mm-hmm. it makes the, the project feel a lot more daunting and yep. longer than it needs to be. Um, but it was a great learning learning process for me. And I feel like that will help me immensely on the next one as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Because now I have the network of people that I just mm-hmm. used. And, you know, it's like, hey, got the next one. Yep. You got the call up. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like pushing pushing things through. And that's why, you know. Again, one of those other skills, when do you tell a contractor you have one coming up and when do you not get their hopes up? When do you bring them in on a job? When do you not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and you might not even know that as well. Just, you know, you did one unit. I work full time on a site. So that also kind of taught me like, that's, okay, yeah, that's when, great experience. when to say things to contractors, when to not, because, you know, they're running their own businesses. It, mm-hmm. you're, everybody is, is their own business within this industry yeah so it's like your plumber's running his own plumbing business so he's not it's not like an employee that's working for you so it's a completely different way of communication Mm. so you know those things obviously get complicated but you found your way through pretty easily and the place looks awesome now by the way thank you yeah 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 it feels great being able to because that's the one i'm owner occupying yep 
Um, so I, I'm living up there and it's like, it's great. I feel like I'm on top of the world, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But, but that's, that's dangerous. You know, there, there was a, there was a time where I was like, okay, pause. This happened. Move on. Be better. Like you, you got it. You got to You got to level up now. Yep. It's like, I just achieved like a milestone I've had for five years. Yeah. I just achieved a five year milestone and I'm like, okay, what can I do to 10 X now? Yep. It, dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. Satisfaction is is completely invisible mm-hmm. with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, s- same thing. I walked out of the attorney's office after closing on on dairy. And you felt great. Then for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I got in the car, drove home. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, shit. I own a property now, but mm-hmm. even more so. Okay, well, now I've just got to get started on demo. Let's let's just yeah, get this thing started. The next thing. Closed it. Hit, money hit the bank. Again, maybe 24 hours. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But it, you're right about it getting dangerous. And that's what what's always scared me too. It's like, I don't ever want to be satisfied. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize, like, I'll never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy about that. And I'm sure you are too. But yeah, there. It's, it's good to have that mindset. Yeah. It, well, it's a growth mindset. Yeah. But I'm sure you realize too, like sometimes you wish that you could be yeah. a little more satisfied, you know what I mean? Or not even satisfied as much as just enjoy your successes. Mm-hmm. But then you're just like, well, the trade-off is that that's going to hold me back. Yeah. And I want more success. So you, I feel like it is possible. There is like a perfect, there is a balance there. Yeah. Um, and you do want to be grateful for, you know. You, you, like to me it's like the little moments like if i have like like five minutes in my day just like sitting in the car with no music on and i'm like waiting to go into a showing i'd, I'd take that opportunity to just like think yeah okay like you've done this grateful for that i'm grateful for my house i'm grateful for my career right and i think that's that's the best way to get that satisfaction and still have that hunger and that drive mm-hmm. to keep going yeah no because that's that's the driving factor and mm-hmm. that's what you know, that's what really does separate the the dreamers, I think, from the entrepreneurs is really that fine line. At what point do you get satisfied? How early do you get satisfied? Mm. Right? Because it's like, you know, you could have closed your first couple of deals and went the complete opposite way. Instead of saving for an investment down the road to continue to grow, Yeah, I'm sure that was money you had never seen in your bank account before. As you started closing deals more rapidly, you were like, okay, I'm the thing is, most of my finances came from the engineering job. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, last year I did four real estate transactions. Yep. So it's not nothing to like you know clap about, right. but it's something, right? I mean, I probably did more than a couple agents. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> did more than myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's like that helped give me a savings buffer, right? So like all that money went to savings. But like I was, I was making decent money. Like it wasn't great, but I was making decent money at my engineering job. So, but to me, I had it set in my mind all along. Like I am only using this job as a, as a leverage point to get yeah. money. Like, right. and, and I was working there for less than a year and I negotiated a raise, like oh, really? a huge raise. Oh, wow. And it's because I was just that hungry. Yeah. I'm like, I know I'm capable, you know? And I knew my worth in the company because like I went in, I did, I was like a jack of all trades for mm-hmm. them and I, I was just showing my worth and you know, I, I told them like, this is it. This you is know? time. 
and they they gave me the raise. I saved. I was able to save more money, and then that that's what led to me, you know. And then it just so happened that that property right. came across, and I'm like, okay, I think it's time to pull the trigger. So which one did you buy? Well, wh- which one happened first? Did you buy the property then quit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I was so involved with the property. Yeah. Um, that I was I was going crazy. Really? Yep. I had a panic attack. Like I, I, like I was in bed one night and I was just like, holy shit, there is so much going on in my life right now. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I like felt like, you know, Kyle was like disappearing. He was just getting drowned. Yeah, like a different Because person. it was engineering. So it was like nine to five, eight to four, whatever. Sometimes I'd work OT and then it was like, okay, let's look at all the leads that came in from whatever lead source I was paying for at the time. And let's follow up with my clients. But then when the property got into the mix, it was like, all right, we got to stay on top of that too. I'm like, all right, I need, I need to turn this unit over. I need to like, I need to kick one of the tenants out. I need to, there was just a punch list of things that I needed to do. And it was like one after the other. And then once I got deeper into renovations, I'm like, this is a lot. (laughs) And I... I told, I told my, I told my work straight up. I was like, honestly, my real estate career is, is working. Like people were coming up to me and they thought I was full-time. Really? Yes. They thought I was a full-time agent because I was posting on social media diligently. I was, you know, telling everyone about real estate and nobody even knew I was an engineer. Right. You know? So it was like, I would, people say, don't be an undercover agent. I was an undercover engineer, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I was just using using my smarts, doing what I could do at the moment because the engineer or the real estate career wasn't popping off yet. Yeah, like I, I it was a slow build because you know all my inner sphere they weren't really ready to buy, and they right. still they still really aren't. But all the business I'm getting right now is honestly um, just straight lead gen, um, and a lot of a few of them have actually been referrals. Oh, really? From like the five deals that I closed, you know, in the past two years. Yeah. And that was, that, that's, that's what I'm striving for. Like I want every single client I work with to send me a referral. Right. You know, that, that's what everybody wants. Um, so it's, it's been, it's, it's just all been clicking now. Yeah. And it, I, I went on a tangent there, but like I told my engineering company that, yeah, I'm putting my two weeks in. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, I feel like it's really working out. And this property is, it's a lot. And I, I need to dedicate some time to that. And I'm like, I, I offered them part-time. I'm like, I could do a little bit of part-time hours if at all possible. Yeah. Um, and my boss at the time, he, he was actually, it, it was a great conversation. He's like, honestly, I, I think you should just go all in. And I, it was, it was cool hearing someone like that, that doesn't really know me. And just, just saying like, I think it'd be better if you just went all in right? and did, you know, the real estate stuff. Cause you know, why would I put half my effort there, half my effort there? It's like, you got to put it all in one bucket for it to work. Yeah. I mean it, that job was more a stepping stone. Yeah. And I think you just recognized at what point you reached the top and ready to move to that next step. Mm -hmm. And you know, engineering is probably a good first stepping stone to have for a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you, um, I mean, props to you for getting that and kind of building up the reserves from that. 
So I didn't know that though. I, I didn't know that you were, most of your funds came from the engineering job. I just yeah. figured, cause you're, how old are you now? I uh, just turned 24. 24. Yeah. So yeah, I just kind of figured that by the time you had gotten out of college, you were still kind of early in that portion yeah. of your career. Yeah. Cause like from the real estate stuff, I think it was like 16 gay maybe. Yep. It might've been before tax. Yeah. Oh, probably. You know? So it, it, probably. it was, it's not a whole lot. Right. If anything, that was just my down payment. So it covered my down payment. Because I only brought 10k to the closing table. So you, yeah. So you must have negotiated those terms. Oh, hardcore, yeah, yeah. dude! I got the deal of a lifetime. Yeah. It was, so the the property is exactly five minutes from where I was living with my mom. Yeah. And um, there was just it was just one day. I'm like, I'm just I'm not like living with my parents was great was a great motivator because I never wanted to be home with them because. Yeah. If I'm at home with them playing video games or doing something else, um, they're not supporting me for life. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to build something better. Like I felt like if I was doing what they were doing, then I would be doing a corporate job, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to be different than my family. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible, right? you know? Well, you're a different person. Yeah. Than that, and that's really what it comes down it, to. Exactly. Just- and so, yeah, I one day I was just like, I'm just going to go drive around the neighborhood. I've seen a million Maltese in the area. So it's like, let me just, you know, start start taking notes and seeing which ones to call up. Yeah. Um, so I had like, uh, you know, batch leads. Yep. I have one. So I had batch leads on my phone and I was testing out the driving for dollars thing. I've never done that. Yeah. It, Does it, it work it's, well? It's cool um, because you could look at a property, see the number, and then just like click it and kind of get the details. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like all right, I'm just going to write down the property addresses, right. you know? So I, I had a notebook and I wrote, I think it was like 10, 10 to 15 properties. And that one was, the one I got was the third one on the list. Really? Yeah. So you didn't even get to the So I didn't ones. even call the other ones. I wow. uh, I send them some emails, you know, I send them emails now. Right. Put them on the drip campaign. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, it was like the third one. And it was just spur of the moment. I was in the office and Josh was there. I'm like, I just, I just got to knock these out. Yeah. And he was on the phone when I talked to the seller and she, uh, initially she told me to fuck off. Really? She, she's like, I was like, I took a different approach than most cold calls. I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, so I am a, I'm a new investor. I, I'm looking to learn from other investors in the area. How are your tenants treating you? Like, uh, what's the whole process been like for you? And it was like an open-ended question, yeah. you know, for them to kind of, you know, Oh yeah, it sucks. Or it's been good. I'm not interested in selling, you right. know. And, but she's like, um, I don't know you, so I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, um, okay, let me think on the fly. I'm like, how about this? I will send you an email with my salesperson's ID, uh, my email, my phone number, just not my social security. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, she chuckled a little bit, and then she's like, all right, send that over. And then I sent it over. She looked it over. She turned out to work. It, it it turned out that she worked for the police station. So she actually looked me up, looked up my criminal record. Oh, really? Everything. Yeah. So she went. So she went hard. And I was like, she's like, you you, uh, you seem like a legit person. You can call me back. And then the rest was history. Yeah. You know? I got in front of her and I was able to negotiate a great price. I uh, We got it for 415 and I was able to negotiate almost 25K back. Wow. Yeah, four fifteen. So what's the uh, 
What's the bedroom situ- situation? What are the units uh, out like? So they're all two bedrooms, but mm-hmm. the third floor has a bonus room, which yeah. is now just my office space. That's sweet. Wow, so, 415. 415. <laughs> so I basically got it for under four. Yeah. You know, minus. Well, yeah, right. Because those concessions paid for all my closing costs, and they even bought down the rate. So I I think I'm at 5.4, maybe. 5.4. Yeah. Wow. I know, looking at looking at seven and a half. Yeah, and I was eight, gonna, I was gonna like, say, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, like like five four sounds like dirt cheap. That sounds like free money right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's great. So my my mortgage is a little over thirty two. It's like thirty two twenty five something yeah. like that. Some random number. And now that I have the two units rented below me, I'm making uh, so seventeen hundred and seventeen fifty. So basically three grand. Wow. So, I'm, so uh, you, you are more than living for free, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, utilities. Utilities. Yeah. So basically pays for my utilities. You right. Know? So you're, you're so, so I'm yeah, living for are. free. And that was like, you know, that, that took some time to settle in too. I'm like, right. wow. Like the plan worked. Yeah. It, it, it like it literally worked. worked. Like I, I, I said I wasn't going to jump full-time real estate until I was living for free. I did kind of cheat and I jumped early. Right. But it was because I had faith in myself. I just, that I believed in the vision. Yeah. I kind of needed to as well. Or else I would have just like got sent to the psych ward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I would have lost it. I, re- I remember those days, like yeah. how stressful it is because you make not, not little to no money, but you certainly don't make the amount of money that could justify paying that mortgage mm-hmm. outright. You know what I mean? I remember yeah. my holding costs were... Like every month, we're like almost four grand for dairy. Yeah, the mortgage itself was like thirty four, thirty five hundred, and then you have utilities and all mm. the rest of it. You just get hit with these bills, and you're like, I-, I know exactly what you mean when you said like you had a panic attack. I'm like, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes when these numbers, because you're dealing in numbers that are so much higher than you've ever dealt with, mm-hmm. right? Like the most expensive thing you probably bought was your car. Yeah, up to that point, I actually bought the car like right before the house too. Oh, yeah. I did. I did like what everyone says is like is a big red flag. I didn't do it while I was under contract, but it yeah. was literally like two, two or three months before I bought that. You want to hear a like, story about that? I gotta, I gotta finance vehicle now. Though. That's gonna. Screw <laughs> well, it me. was on your credit, so it was it was probably a plus for your credit since it was yeah. prior to under contract. Yeah. But I had a funny story about cars and houses. So, to about two weeks before I went, uh, three weeks before I went under contract, mm-hmm. my car had shit the bed on me. I think the, the rack and pinion went, so my steering wheel was just spinning in circles. Oh, wow. And it was like, it had 170,000 miles, so I'm like, I'm not going to fix it, whatever. So I just started using my truck full time. And that thing's a piece of shit. It's an 08 F-150. You probably saw it outside. Mm-hmm. That green rotting. Yeah. So... It does the trick. It did the trick. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. <laughs> so I was down at my beach house, like two weeks later, three weeks later, I'm backing one of our boats into our little you know storage area and i'm turning the wheel it's on like a berm mm-hmm. and my lower ball joint snaps my whole wheel assembly folds down and my beach house is like way out on a peninsula seven miles off the mainland on sand you don't get tow trucks we don't have power out there we don't have hospitals wow. we don't have police nothing it's a completely secluded so i'm like you were rolling the dice i was rolling the <laughs> dice and i had already had an offer out yeah i swear to god Five minutes later, I get a call from the agent. Your offer is accepted. 
I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm out two cars. Now I'm under contract. Yeah. I can't go get a car now. No. For another month and a half. So I was driving my stepdad's car for like a month and a half. Second I closed, went straight down to Mazda. I'm like, I need a lease right now. I just yeah. leased the first thing I could get. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> I'm like, but if I wish it had happened prior to, because having something like that on your credit, I, I know people say it's a red flag, but it really all depends on the way your finances yeah. look. And, and and to like, you know, if it's your third car. As long as it doesn't eat into the DTI, you know. Right. Like you have a, you realistically can only max out your mortgage DTI at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then you still have leftover for personal loans and things like that. Yeah. So regardless of if you have a ton of loans personally or none, mm-hmm. you still only max out, I think. I think it's around 32% is what most lenders tell me. It's about 32% of your income is where you max out. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that car payment really makes much of a a difference. No. The cars helped me. Yeah. It it was interesting. When I got that car, I I went on two showings with that car for the first time, and both of those went Mm -hmm. under contract. I'm like, this car... (laughs) Is my pride and joy. Yeah, right. I'm like, this is the best best decision I've ever made. And yeah. that was that's the first car I've ever financed. I've always bought like beater cars yeah. just outright. And then I'm like, well, I think I gotta bite the bullet and look a little little bit better, you know? That's that's what I did too. I was like, Well, two car well, two cars in two weeks scolded me. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. completely scarred me. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. No beaters. I was, I was sick of new. seeing rust. I was sick of like going to the shop. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with it today. Yeah. I was sick <laughs> of driving out. on with an F-350 down the beach, sh- sh- shoveling sand with it. So yeah. I, decided, <laughs> that I decided a new car was probably my new vibe. Yeah. Um, all right. I kind of want to switch gears um, and I want to hear it from a realtor's point of view. I know obviously I am, but somebody else. Sort of like how you in your own business and how you deal with clients and really like what you bring, how you perceive that you bring value to your clients. I mean, I know, you know, obviously you represent them and you help Mm -hmm. them buy a home, but like a little bit deeper than that. What is, what is it that you perceive yourself as bringing the most value to your clients? Um, honestly, I think that having that engineering background is a big flex. Okay. Um, cause there is some questionable realtors. Yep. You know? Yep. And they, they might not know the difference between some some stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, mechanically in a house. Like, oh, yeah. Typically, like, like I feel like whenever I go on a showing, I know every single answer. Every, yep. every answer to any question they could ask. Right. And that's just, I, I might have a good memory, but, like, I just like, you know, I can I can look at it and be like, all right, that's, that's in good shape. That's a DIY project. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, little stuff like that, but I feel like, the systems that I have in place are are great and I can flex that to my clients. Yeah. And I can also, I, I would say my negotiation skills recently have just been unreal. Yeah. Like if you, if you go through my stats, some of the properties that I got for the prices that they're at, it's, it's impressive. Like, yeah. Um, hmm, what could I use for example? Well, my Maltese one of them. Yeah. But, uh, there's, there was, there was a, there was a few clients that I got like, colonials for 400 really yeah <laughs> and it's it's like little stuff like that that I, I i actually cherish when i get someone a really good deal because i don't want to just like try to get top dollar to get the most commissions 
Like, I would rather just get someone the perfect house for the best price. Right. And that is what I tell people. It's like, I, I know I can negotiate, so don't worry about that. Yeah. You know? And, and more often than not, like, the realtors who do try and just kind of scrape every single dime they, they can, it's like, mm-hmm. it's usually a difference of a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand. Yeah. But it's like, when, when you're putting your clients in the position for them, yeah, I mean, really just the position where they could either afford the house or not afford the house Mm -hmm. and your negotiating skills allow them to afford the house yeah you maybe lost out on 500 bucks when it comes down to it but it meant that first of all you closed the deal so selfishly you wouldn't have closed the deal anyways so you're better off at least closing something and taking 500 but more so it's the you represent your clients that's your job exactly your job you know the money again follows like really any of these jobs and as a buyer's agent another thing i just i'm never going to charge a buyer a fee you know right like i know there's some some buyers agents that do i mean for the for the right buyer maybe you know yeah. if the situation calls for it like uh i've had situations where maybe i help out with the seller concessions you know right. and then the buyer pays me towards the end you know you work it out that way Right. Um, but it's it's all about like figuring it out, trying to get the the numbers right for them. Because the biggest thing for most buyers is the numbers. And yeah. for the sellers, it's the net to seller at the, at the end of the day. Right. What am I going to get? So when I go to my listing appointment, I, I will bring a spreadsheet. Like, okay, this is your mortgage, or at least this is what I found online. Right. Um, you'll probably be netting this because I think you can get this price. Right. Um, and I, I like to... I like to show off that I do know the numbers, I know the market, and I can get the right price for people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, kind of fit into their affordability. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's probably pretty fun, too, showing a client a house that they think they might not be able to afford and be like, listen, yeah. we'll find a way for you to afford this yeah, house. we can make it work. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I'm not going on too many of those showings where they're like, Looking out of their price range, right, not too far, but something yeah. where it's it's a little dicey. That I don't know, it's a little. It's high. on the cusp. It's but, on the cusp, and you're like, it's like ten k below what they're pre-approved at. Right, you exactly. Know? It's right it's there. Like, and then uh, you don't count for a bid, and you're like, you know what? We're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. So the engineering background, you mean just in terms of the processes? Is that really the value yeah. you see? I would say the processes that I've gotten from that, my organization. Yep. Like I am detail oriented to a T. Um, like you, like I want everything to be perfect in a way. Um, so I feel like if you have a good system and you're organized, you, you can achieve that. Yeah. It takes time building those systems though. It does. Like I I've been using follow up boss and it's all starting to click too. I don't know what you use for CRM, but like follow up boss is great. I set my appointments through there. I follow up through there for the most part. Yeah. And it's, it's been a huge tool in my business. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we come from slightly different backgrounds in terms of lead gen because, you know, I know that I know that oftentimes like when you send out the mailers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. more people I think are getting the we buy houses type mail. I've, I've gotten like four or five and I yeah, I got my house like two months, two or three months. Yeah. I, the you week know? after I bought mine, like a wholesaler hit me up. Yeah. I was like, dude, didn't. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm probably the last person you should hit up because right. I just got this place. Yeah. Why and, would I give it to you? And even more so, a wholesaler. It's yeah. like I just got this. If anything, it would be a wholesaler. If, if I was gonna sell it, I would be a wholesaler. If I just bought it a week ago, mm-hmm. it be because that, I closed that, on it to true. wholesale it. That's so true. I'm like, why are you hitting me up? So I laughed at that. 
But, you know, I see those letters come in more than, hey, you know, I'm an agent. I want to, you know, see if you're looking to sell type thing. So mm-hmm. my, right now at least, I'm doing a lot of like just on market scouring. I mean, I've sent out over a thousand mailers in the last two months. Nothing has hit. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've been going to these networking events. Every investor is saying the same exact thing. They're like, I've been sending out thousands of letters, thousands of postcards. Nothing's hitting. See, for me, I'm not doing it that cold. Um, yeah. Because you probably, it's like a generic list, and then you just you know send them all out, hope one hits. And that's yeah. more so the investor lead gen, right? right? Yes. I mean, I customize them a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I obviously have auto fills to do that. Yep. But yeah. I try and customize my letters a lot more. I go through the lists fairly thoroughly. Mm-hmm. I like to narrow down my criteria. I don't, I don't burst mail, um, you know, every single family in Salem. Like I'll maybe pick a street and I want it to be built over after 1950. I want it to be within this criteria mm-hmm. so that when I really, the whole, the whole idea is not because I'm not looking for any houses outside of the criteria. I want to be able to make sure that my letter is custom enough. So I make sure my criteria is built in a way that I can customize the letter accordingly. Mm. So, Hey, you know, I'm in the area, I'm looking in the area for single families built, you know, in the mid 1950s. Yeah. So that I can, and not not specifically because that's not really a selling point of any sort, but the idea that it gives you an angle to look a little more custom. Yeah. For investors, it's just slightly tougher because people kind of demonize investors. Yeah, they do. So that's why, I, like, with my cold call scripts, I try to not come off as, you know, the typical investor. Right. Try to come off as a more genuine person. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get better at that. I yeah. also work full-time, too, so it's like by the time I'm ready to cold call, it's 5 p.m., and yeah. people don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could get on the phone, but I've gotten so... It is... Yeah, it's 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 tough to gauge when you should call. Yeah. Like, you could call from, like, 6 to 8 and probably get, like, a lot of people on the phone, even from, like, 6 to 7. You think so? Yeah. Because I've got a lot of fuck-offs. Fuck-off or eating dinner or something. Yeah, yeah but, that type But that's of thing. the thing. You, like, think of a situation in your head. You're like, everyone's eating dinner at... Five or six o'clock, nobody's ever going to pick up the phone. Right. But you're going to get that one person that does, and they're just sitting on their couch because they finished eating dinner. Right. And like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored now. I'm full bored. Because that's talk. the thing with cold calling. Like, I, I've done it. I, I kind of step back a little bit from it, but I, I still do it occasionally, like for sale by owners. I'm attacking those still. Yeah. Um, a lot of my lead gen isn't necessarily investor related. Yeah. At least. Just because I took a step back, I'm like, okay, I know my financials aren't there. I just need to bust my ass and get my real estate business, you know, booming so I can build the finances for the next one. Yeah. Um, so it is a mix of both. Um, but with my letters, I'm like, I am handwriting some of them. Yeah. But that's more so like people that inquire, like, you know, like on my website, they see how much their home's worth. All right. You're getting a mailer. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And handwritten. Yeah. Yeah, props to you. If I sent out a handwritten letter, people would like probably send it back to me. Who with, is like, this kid? Well, is, is this a three-year-old? Yeah, my yeah. handwriting. I feel like that so too, bad. though. But it's like you gotta just roll with it. Yeah, mine's like inconsistently bad. Though. So there's a, there's a kid in my office who uh, has his sister write him. <laughs> See, that's perfect. he pays his sister, and she she just writes the letters. I would do that. Yeah. I wish there was like a. I'm sure you could do like AI now where they have like. Oh, they do. I actually got one. All right, so. 
I like I like to ask everybody this too. I know I'm going to get to the question soon, but mm-hmm. I like to ask everybody what their one, three, five, and ten year goal is. Okay. And both financially and just lifestyle in general. Financially and lifestyle. So, one year goal. Um, I want to finish out this year with 15 transactions at least. Okay. For my real estate thing. I had that on my 2023 goals and I'm shooting for it. I'm about to have 10 under. So, that's awesome. I, I think it's possible for sure. And um, five years. I want to have another one or two properties by then. And 10 years, I'd want like five plus properties. That's the investor side of things. Um, Or 10. Or 10. Or Or 10 10 properties. Yeah. 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 Whatever whatever happens. I know I want five by 30. And um, on the real estate side of things, like I want to start doing like 30 30 transactions a year, 30 to 40. Okay. Yeah. That's that's like the ballpark I want to be in. I, you know, like I don't really dream about doing like a hundred. Yeah. I'll be running around like a madman. I'll <laughs> yeah. be a different person. You can only outsource so much as yeah. an agent too. Yeah. I, I feel like I just, I just want to make enough where it's like, okay, th- I've never made this money before. Right. Let's just keep this going. Yeah. You know, um, lifestyle wise, just finding, you know, Finding that balance to, like, enjoy the little things, you know, having that time to, like, spend with family and still be present even though, you know, yeah. we tend to work, work, work. Um, that's that's always a constant goal of mine. And uh, maybe put on a couple more pounds of muscle like you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. You're putting up good numbers in the gym, though. I saw you when I was at the zoo. Yeah. You're throwing up the 80s like butter, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. going smooth. Nice little dumbbell press. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so weak in the chest, dude. I am so, so weak on chest. I've been doing better recently. Yeah. Um, I've been supersetting a lot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've been on my superset grind. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, I'm a different person in the gym. Yeah. I recently. do. I do supersets partially for cardio purposes, so I can add in that element to cardio. Yeah. yeah. But I'll do like... Like yesterday, I think I was doing incline right into plate press. Mm-hmm. And then I go over, like I go to PF. So I go over to the bikes and I stand in between the two and I do like a set of leg lifts. So I oh, like okay. a triple set sort of, but oh, yeah. I do two on chest and maybe one on core. I got to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like nope. just, you go there and beat that. Got to wake up going. early. I got to go harder in the gym. <laughs> I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It burns off steam. Yeah. You know how it works. It, it is. It's. Like I feel like if I don't go to the gym, I'm like, you don't you don't want to talk to me. No, no. Like yesterday was a just really frustrating day. Yeah. And I, shit kept happening. I'm like, I gotta get to the gym. Gotta get to the gym. Yeah. The second I got in there, it was like, yeah. I can breathe. It's nice. It's easy. Yeah. It's nice. I love it. Like I'll be going after this, and it's gonna be the highlight of my day. Yeah. It's great. So I'm stoked. Um. All right. Yeah. So you kind of talked about where you see yourself in the real estate industry, and lifestyle too mm-hmm. but not a few more pounds um so what's like your dream market um dream goal so like market in terms of do you want to still stay in the residential market do you want to move into the commercial side of things industrial would you like to kind of eventually move towards investments more than yeah. agency like how do you see yourself 
So yeah. I, I definitely want to expand my residential. Um, like I said, I, I want to just do more numbers. Um, and I want it to be like a comfortable number. I don't want to overextend myself too much, but like I'm hungry to hit that, you know, 30 to 40. And, you know, in parallel, I want to build that portfolio, the yeah. investor portfolio, because I, I don't foresee myself like giving up one or the other. Yeah. You know, because they just work so perfectly together. I just want to be an agent investor. Right. And I just want to keep expanding the portfolio and hitting those 30 to 40 deals a year. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's that's the dream market. You think you'll ever get into like flips and construction and th- projects like that? Hey, maybe. You, you need a partner? Maybe. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the flip guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, that's that's why I ask because I'm I always... You know, I'm not opposed to it. Like I'm, I'm more than willing to get my hands dirty and do yeah. stuff. Like I fix stuff around my house in, instead of like calling someone. Right. Sometimes I shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you it's it's a learning process too. Like it's like oh a new skill. Let's learn it. And it's yours. It's yours to fuck up. Yeah. Too. So yep. it's like I'd feel worse fucking somebody else's stuff up, but definitely my own. I'm like, oh, but you, but you have like experience with uh, general contracting and stuff like that. Yeah, that would be so valuable. Even being a realtor too, right? So just being like on a job site of a flip, I would I would love to see that. Yeah, it's it's a different experience. I mean, yeah. you know, because the whole idea is just every hour is more money. So it's like mm-hmm. get guys in and out, in and out, in and yeah. out. And so it's um. It's a lot on the project management side of things, just making sure that, you know, and I'm sure you realized that like, there's a lot of prep work for the next sub to come in. Yeah. And that's really the big kicker is like you as a PM or, you know, I mean, you, you were a PM for that job. Basically. You as a PM need to be on top of everything, the entire project. You need to know exactly where it's at and exactly where it will be tomorrow mm-hmm. because there's a lot of times where like your your plumbers will come over. Even today on one of our job sites, he was supposed to install the tub and we never put a nailing flange for him and so he couldn't install the tub. He ended up doing uh, it himself, but it's like yeah. that, that cost he wasted extra, like, yeah, right? it cost us extra and he waited a little bit longer. That's a small item, but like there've been times where you know, we've forgotten to somebody in management, whether it's me or somebody else has forgotten mm-hmm. to prep for the next sub and they're booked out for two weeks. They, wow. they go, they show up, they can't do their job. They leave. And now that house is sitting there for two weeks because you didn't prep. So there's a lot, it, it's fast moving. Mm. So you got to be on top of things. But other than that, I love the flipping game. I love the construction game. I'll have to tune in a little bit more. Yeah. Pop, pop in on one of your, uh, pop, yeah. Hit me up whenever, dude. Like yeah. we, we have the projects going on. We have, the company I work for, we have a ton of subdivisions coming up. Was it DHB? Is that what DHB it is? Homes, yeah. 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 yeah, we have a ton of subdivisions coming up. We have one London area. It's going to be like 20 lots. Mm. Um, and then just a few more projects, sporadic. So who's listing those? Um, so my boss and so it's, it's like a family company. Mm-hmm. And it's, so the, the two top dogs. Yeah. Um, they own DHB homes and then they, one of them had a daughter. And so sh- the daughter's the listing agent for okay. everything. Okay. Um, and then her husband is the owner of like the, the really the company I work for, for the most part, I work mm-hmm. for DHB homes, but they own a subsidiary and I really work for that one. Okay. Um, so she, she gets all the listings. I mean, it's pretty much her company. So gotcha. Um, I'd love to. Hopefully she yeah, gets overwhelmed nice. though. I'd love to get into like new construction developments yeah. and start listing those. That'd yeah. be great. It's a fun game to get into. Mm-hmm. But 
All right, that's awesome. So um, I wrote that question in here and be fine. So what is this? So this is, I, I just do this every time. So the last podcast I had, my guest asked a question for mm-hmm. the next guest and I didn't tell him who it was. So it's a very generic question. And the idea of it is to formulate it so that the answer from the guest can be applicable and valuable to anybody in the audience. Okay. So that's exciting. What they asked was, <laughs> what are you doing or what could you be doing to improve your life, your state of being, and your circumstances? What are you doing? Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Read it one more time. Yeah. What are you doing or what could you be doing to improve your life? your state of being or your circumstances. Okay. Um, What could I be doing is getting back to that early morning routine, Mm -hmm. setting, uh, setting that routine in the morning would probably set me up for more success. Um, And like getting the gym out of the way, Cause I feel like even waking up at like seven doesn't really justify it, you know. Right. I should be going earlier. I'm wasting yeah, cause, time. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. I should. I should be waking up at five. Sixteen, eighteen you know? hour days. They're good. Yeah, you need those. Yeah. You, and it's 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 a good mindset to have because it almost gives you like this this willpower. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I can I can get anything done now. Mm-hmm. I woke up, got the gym done. It's like, oh. Some people are waking up. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, that's great. Exactly. So really honing in on that morning routine. And um, I just want to keep pushing myself to do more. Because um, for a while, I was just like soaking it in. And I'm like, all right, we're doubling down. And we're going to 10x. Yep. We're going we're gonna to get to the next level. Some so I don't type shit. Yeah, 10x. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's... That would be so what you could that. be doing. What are you doing now? What would you say like something you give yourself props for that you're doing now? I'm trying a whole bunch of lead gen avenues. Yeah. Um, cold calling, mailers, uh, Zillow, Realtor.com, uh, even connecting with like my inner sphere more. Mm-hmm. Just I, I would say my lead gen right now is is pretty solid. Yeah. And I could see the potential for the future already okay because like i got those buyers in the pipeline that are six to 12 months out so it's like beginning of next year i'm gonna have a spring and there's gonna be a line of people there okay you know yeah i'm building for next year and then that's that's how it's just gonna keep going right now all the lead gen that i'm doing now isn't gonna pay off till the year that's how i look at it yeah but it's like i just gotta keep doing it which i am systems yeah the engineering background coming to play here. yeah yeah exactly you're building you're building something for the the future, but more so just so that the puzzle pieces fit in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yep, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So take as much time as you need, but what's your question to the next guest? Remember the idea of it is so that what however they answer, their answer is of some kind of value to any listener in any industry. To any listener. Okay. Um it's tough to back up that question. Yeah. Because that's a really good question. Yeah. Well, he was a psych. He's a psych major. So uh, he thinks, you know. That's good. Hmm. 
So I can't say like, what are you grateful for? Because that necessarily wouldn't apply. Yeah, you you can ask anything where it, it's not like it, it's not guaranteed that the next guest is going to be a real estate person. So that's why I feel like if if you were to ask the question, what are you grateful for in your career? Um, mental, physical, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for? Give give off one thing you're grateful for mm-hmm. in your work life. One thing you're grateful for in your family life, and one thing you're grateful for in your mental or right. spiritual, whatever like you it. may be. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like finding people's sort of like highlighting the positives in your yeah. life and separating them from like what you need to work on versus because like some things are better left untouched. And mm-hmm. if you're already a master at something, I think it's it's good that like like it, you're grateful for the systems that you put in place because you have the engineering background, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to, you're not going to veer off that path and yeah. that thought process. It's better left untouched. Keep it the way it is. So like you were saying, you're grateful for that. So I think that's, I think that's a great question. I think they can absolutely answer that to bringing value in terms of like what they're grateful for and what they will leave untouched and sort yeah. of continue. I think it's good to focus on the positives Yeah, because if, if you are, an entrepreneur or anyone really i feel like there's a lot of workaholics out there that just like they get bogged down they get burnt out and they just don't take the time to just take that one second to think like, right okay i am actually grateful for this it's like you're driving in the car and it's raining it's miserable i'm grateful my car's driving yeah yeah just that you know seriously it could be I, as simple as that yeah my therapist literally told me last week she's like you need to focus on one thing and it's once a day, just two words, feel joy. Mm. Once a day for five minutes, feel joy. It doesn't matter right. what you're doing, where, what position you're in, where you're at, somehow find a way to feel joy. Yeah. And yeah, one, one good thing that I learned from my therapist. Yeah. So we're kind of helping each other out yeah. building it. Uh, that might help you reach that is for me, I was always like thinking of all these things going on in my life. She says to me, she's like, Take everything that is on your mind right now, everything that's just up in the air, all the stuff you have to do today, uh, everything you have to do for work, and spin it around in your head. Just imagine it's spinning around in your head, and what direction is it going? Is it going clockwise or counterclockwise? Yeah, mine. Whoa. What, What direction is it going? It's counterclockwise, actually. Okay. So now turn it clockwise. Or try to. And it like almost tri- tricks you out. You're like, you stop. That's weird. You stop for a second and you're like, whoa, I actually, you know, you, you have a second of clarity. That where, was where, weird. Where you stop thinking about it. Yeah. And then maybe that second's all you need to feel joy. Right. Or just open up the possibility to distract yourself for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Or focus more. Right. Focus on that. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think that's great. Little therapy session to end it off. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, final thoughts. Anything that you you have? Any advice you have to younger entrepreneurs or you know younger people looking to get into the into the game? Real estate in particular. Not even real estate just, in particular. Just, just in general. Just in general, somebody who's looking to kind of <clears throat> separate themselves from the typical path everybody takes of security. Yeah. And somebody who's more than likely fearful and doubtful that this industry works. Yeah. Entrepreneurship I'm, works. I'm just going to, you know, 
tip it back off to like one of my recent posts where I was just talking about, you know, pushing yourself beyond your limits. Yeah. You really have to be put in uncomfortable situations to grow. And if you want to grow financially, mentally, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter what you have to be uncomfortable in order to reach that, that point. Right. Um, so all, all the bullshit you're dealing with, it's all for, for good reason. You, you got to take the positives out of it and you got to say, all right, I'm going to work my ass so I don't have to deal with that again, or I don't have to do that again. So to anyone that's trying to get into an industry or they want to start their own business, it's just pushing yourself beyond what you do on the day to day. Yeah. Do that extra step that you were thinking, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. That leap of faith. Yeah. 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 I love it. Awesome. Anything you want to plug? Um, I don't know. Add, 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 add me on social. Yeah, add, any of the socials you want. To so you can uh, follow me on Instagram at waz.homes, and uh, you can uh, follow my Facebook page, Waz Homes. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. I'll probably be selling a house near you. Awesome. <laughs> hey, appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on.